Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday, September the 26th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline Senior Vice President of Operations. So glad you guys are with us this morning, and we're going to keep trucking through um, the book of Genesis. Today, we're going to be looking at chapters 25 and 26. And there's a lot of information to get through today, a lot of great truths that we can hold on to. Um, And we're going to see in the first, very first verse, the life of Abraham kind of starts taking a turn. Um, And we're going to see his his death. We're also going to see the death of Ishmael documented in chapter 25. And then we're going to see the birth of Esau and Jacob as well. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in Genesis chapter 25 that really sets the pace for what's going to happen through the duration of the of the book. Um, a lot of uh, the promises that we see committed to Abraham, we begin to see them start happening in chapter 26 specifically as the Lord blesses the life of Isaac. So I think it's really encouraging to see those promises begin to happen as he blesses the the lineage of Abraham. So let's look in chapter 25 of Genesis. And the very first verse actually tells us that Abraham took another wife um, whose name was Keturah. And we can see in verses 2, 3, and 4 that it documents the sons and daughters that she had. And you can see there were six children that she gave birth to after his marriage to Sarah and the birth of their promised child, Isaac. So there's a lot of children here, but I think what's important to see in verse five is that Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac because we know that Isaac was the promised child. He was the one that the Lord committed um, to give to Abraham and Sarah. We know back, if you look in the earlier parts of Genesis, that Abraham and Sarah tried to take things into their own hands. And we know that Ishmael was born by Hagar and that things really just that that started the, the trend of things getting sideways with the, the nature of men trying to take things into their own hands and not being patient and relying on the faithfulness of God. So that is um, what we see with the birth of Isaac. But also you'll see Ishmael mentioned a few times in chapter 25 as we study. And so you can see Abraham did as the Lord instructed. We know that Isaac and it will be Jacob will be the promised um, promised sons and, and those that the Lord will use to fulfill his covenant that he made with Abraham. But he left everything to Isaac. And it says in verse six, while he was still living, he gave the gifts to his sons and his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. So he he really kind of divided his family to the promised um, child from the Lord, which is Isaac. And then he took his other sons and his concubines and he sent them off to the land in the east. He was preparing for the Lord's covenant and preparing for him to bless the nations and the generations that would come after him. So it says that he lived to be 175 years old. 
And then he breathed his last. And this is in verse 7 of Genesis 25. And then it says that Isaac and Ishmael, who is mentioned again here, buried their father um, there in verse number 9. And it says that uh, he was buried with his wife, Sarah, and um, God blessed his son, Isaac, in verse number 11. So you see these first 10 verses or 11 verses that you see Abraham get remarried. You see Abraham almost prepare for his death in in separating those um, that God had called and those that he hadn't. And then Isaac becoming to beginning to see the blessing of God upon his life as he lived near Beer Lahai Roy, which is the, the town which he lived, mentioned in verse 11. And then you pick up in chapter, or I'm sorry, in verse number 12 through number 18. And this is the outlining of the life of Ishmael. And what you see here is Ishmael's sons that are mentioned here. And then it says in verse number 17 that Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and he died and he was gathered to his own people. So he lived for 137. But I think what I want to draw our attention back to, and if you've been following along with this podcast for a while, you remember in the first parts of Genesis, we saw the birth of Ishmael and the descriptions that we saw of of what would happen in his life. He was actually described as a wild donkey of a man. So we know that he was going to, he was definitely going to have um, some fight in him, that he was going to be, um, that he was going to be wild, that he was going to live in hostility with those around him. It's going to be constant tension and turmoil and battle with those that he's surrounded by. And this is what we see here. His life has come and gone. And in what is, remembered about him in verse number 18, it says, and they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to him. So again, the Lord's promise um, held true, held faithful with Ishmael, but it also holds true with Isaac. So this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac, which is starts in verse number 19. Says he became the father to Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he married Rebecca. So he was forty years old when he married Rebecca. In twenty-one, verse twenty-one, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife, because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. So he began to seek the Lord um, for his wife. He, he wanted to become a father. He wanted her to become a mother, um, and then just wanted to start a start a family together. So you can see he began to seek the Lord on behalf of his wife and plead for them to start a family together. And I think in seasons like this, when you really desire something from the Lord and you begin to seek his, his will and you begin to call out to him, I think there's a lot that we can learn in that season that it feels like the Lord is withholding an answer. And I think the first one is that he can deepen our insight into what we really need. Often we come before the Lord with a request or a need, and it may be a little flippant. It may be a little spontaneous. It may just be something that we think would solve all of our problems. But I think the Lord can withhold an answer in a season for us just to deepen our insight of what is priority? What do we really need? And do you know what you really need? 
And I think that time just to sit and to meditate and to process and to seek the Lord can really deepen our insight about what we really need. Second, I think it broadens our appreciation for when he answers. So when we do see that fulfilled, when we do see an answer of the Lord, it makes us grateful and gives us a deeper appreciation for God's goodness, for his answers. And it may be a prayer that wasn't answered. I can look back in my life and say, praise be to God that these things did not happen the way that I wanted them to at the time. I remember seeking the Lord on specific issues in my life. And looking back, I can say, man, that would have been an absolute nightmare if it had happened the way that I wanted it to happen. So it can broaden our appreciation for his answers and his goodness. And then thirdly, I think it allows us to just mature um, so we can use his gifts more wisely. During that season of waiting, we can mature and we can become who God wants us to be. That way we really know how to utilize the gifts that he's given us. So you can see this as Isaac sought the Lord for his wife, Rebecca, to become a father. And you can see that it was 20 years from the time that he was married to the time that Rebecca gave birth to their child. So intentionality in prayer, steadfastness, commitment, seeing things through and not giving up is things that we can learn from this as Isaac started seeking the Lord on behalf of his of his wife. In verse 22, it says, the babies jostled each other within her and she um, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire with the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and the two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. That was immediately a red flag for um, Rebecca because she was very familiar with birthright. She knew that the the second born should serve the firstborn. So when the Lord spoke this to her, she knew something was going to be a little different. She also found out that there were two nations in her womb, that she was going to have twins. You know, this was before the days of ultrasounds and testing to be able to tell us, you know, what we were having, the gender of our child, to prepare, in, you know, to prepare in advance and to paint the nursery and to buy the clothes and all the things that we do now in modern America. Um, she sought the Lord out and he, he declared this to her and gave her this direction. And it says in verse 24, when time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. And after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to them. So they start this family. The Lord gives them some guidance about what they're walking into and these two nations and these two brothers who will be, in a sense, battling their entire life. So we fast forward, and this is what I love about Scripture. Verse 27, the boys grew up, comma, the boys, the boys' childhood is not documented, but we know what the Lord said, and he knew, and we knew that the older would serve the younger. So it says they grew up, and Esau was a hunter and a man of the open country, while Jacob was content staying at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for the wild game, loved Esau, and Jacob and Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is, is the birthright for me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling him his birthright. 
Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil soup, and he ate and drank, and he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. So we see in this passage that Esau forsook his birthright and his heritage for something temporal. And I think there's such a lesson here of what is right in front of us, of what we think we need in the immediate. Um, and in that season, we we forsake and we neglect what the future holds because we're so worried about the physical needs that we forget about the spiritual needs that we have. And this is what you see happen to Esau. He was so hungry and so famished. He thought that he was going to die to the point of, I don't care if I give you my birthright because I'm not going to be here to enjoy it anyway. I'm about to die. So just take it and give me some food. So we see what happens with this birthright being given and this loss of um, sight on the future. But I think it's easy to look at Esau and say, what a poor decision. But I, I can I can say if we put ourselves in that position, how often we get sidetracked with what is right in front of us and we forget what the future holds. We forget what the Lord has in store for us, just as Abraham had had or just as God had promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that he was going to multiply them and, and make them a great nation. It's very hard to lose sight of that because you get distracted with what is right in front of you. So I think spiritually speaking, many of us today could despise our birthright um, because of the, the things that we think that we need that are is, that are right in front of us. Ephesians chapter one talks about our treasury of riches that we have because our birthright is in Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done for us in our birthright, we, um, we often forget that we have every spiritual blessing through Jesus. We, we are adopted into God's family. We have complete accept, acceptance in God. Here, listen to this one. We are redeemed from our slavery to sin through Jesus. With our birthright in him, we have true and total forgiveness. We have the riches of God's grace. We have an eternal, an eternal inheritance. We have all these things, but it's because of Jesus. It's because of the birthright that we have through him, because of what he has done for us, that we have a hope and that we have a future. And we see this story and this narrative play out of Esau just giving this away. So I just want to challenge us as we continue to study, just to remember what is in store, the hope that we have through Jesus to not get distracted by temporal things, things that are on this earth right in front of us that we feel are going to be the most important, but could harm us in the long run of what the, of what God has called us to do. Verse 26 is, or sorry, chapter 26 really just picks up on the blessing on the life of Isaac. And we're not going to read through all this for the sake of time today, but he continues to be blessed by the hand of God. And in the very first verse, it says there was a famine. Imagine that, right? There was another famine in the land. And it even um, it even highlights the fact that this was a different famine from the one that Abraham had. And it says, Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. So, it's so reminiscent of what happened earlier of Abraham traveling um, down to Egypt in the time of famine. And we see Isaac do the same thing his father did of, I want to go to, um, to Egypt to get away from this, to get away from this famine. He did the same thing his father did. And it says the Lord appeared to Isaac and he said, don't go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you to live. 
Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you for you and your descendants. I will give all these lands and I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. And I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give them these lands and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything that I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed there. So Isaac stayed put. And the Lord reminds Isaac of the covenant he made with his father, Abraham. And even though he has passed, that covenant is true with Isaac. And our plans are not his plans. Isaac's plan were to, to flee the land of famine, to go down to Egypt. And, and God says, no, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. So he tells him, and he says, stay put. And I think there's a lot you can learn from those four verses that we think we know best. We think we know what is best for us and for our family and for our future, but it may not be the Lord's plans. Have we sought the Lord for our family? Have we sought the Lord for our plans? Because the Lord will answer. It may not be in the timing that we want, as we just read earlier, but the Lord will answer our prayers. And he said to stay put, so he stayed put. And he begins to bless Isaac. And he says that they he, he stayed put. And we can continue reading um, of interactions with his, his wife, Rebecca. Um, but it says in verse number 12 that Isaac planted crops in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. So I want you to think about this passage in this verse of having the favor of the Lord upon your life and the hand upon the Lord. And yes, there was a great substantial inheritance that he received um, for, as his birthright. So he received the birthright from, from Esau and Esau traded it for a bowl of soup. And with that came many, many benefits. It was a double portion of physical inheritance. So he got a double portion of that as well as the spiritual aspects of being the firstborn. So this becoming the spiritual um, patriarch of the family, becoming the leader, the spiritual guide for he and his family was the was part of the birthright. So he was looked at and viewed as a leader and the Lord blessed him. And everybody around him was aware of what happened. It says in verse 13, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had many flocks and herds and servants. And the Philistines envied him. They were upset. They were jealous because the hand of the Lord was upon him. And Abimelech and the Philistines began to see this. And he said to Isaac, move away from us. You've become too powerful for us in verse 16. So he moved away and Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. So they were so so scared because the hand of the Lord was on him. They knew something was different. They became fearful and they wanted to drive him out of the land. So it says his servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. And you'll see from verses 19 on through the end of the chapter, the different wells that were dug in chapter 26. But I think it's neat to look at these different names and and, and how um, Isaac chose what to fight for and what not to fight for. You, know, you often hear the terminology, I'm not going to die on that hill. 
You know, he wanted to stay faithful to what the Lord had called him to do, but he also wasn't going to to start a battle over something um, that wasn't necessary. So the first well that he kind of redug that the Philistines had dug, had um, filled up, um, it was called the well of contention. And then he went on to the next well, and it was called the well of opposition. And then he went on to the third well, which um, was called the well of Rehoboth, which actually stands for roominess because it was far enough away from the problem that that Isaac saw this as a testimony to God's faithfulness and blessing. So they called it the, the, the well of roominess, the well of Rehoboth. And the Lord began to bless more as, as he was obedient to what the Lord had told him to do. So he stayed there in this land instead of going to Egypt. And it wasn't completely peaceful, right? But the Lord blessed him. And people and the Philistines became envious of him because the hand of the Lord was upon him. And it says in the latter part of this um, chapter 26, as we wrap up, that the his servants um, began to build a well in verse 32. And this is after um, Abimelech said, please make a covenant with me. Don't harm me because they were so intimidated by the power of Isaac and the power of God that they made um, a feast and they celebrated. And this is what happens in the very last section of, of chapter 26. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a well that they had dug. They said, we have found water. And he called it Shabbat. And to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba. They found water. The Lord provided for them a final well that um, was a new well dug by his servants, and it was the faithfulness of God. He told them to stay put. He provided everything that they needed, um, crops a hundredfold, gave them room to spread out, gave them the water that they needed as they um, sought to follow Christ. So there's so much to to process, and I think there's a lot that we could dive into and, and spend another 20 minutes um, looking at for sure when it comes to life lessons that we can learn through Genesis chapter 25 and 26. But I want us to remember the promises that God has given to Abraham and that we've studied in weeks previously and how now in verses or in chapter 26, we see the hand of the Lord and his faithfulness begin to fulfill that. We see his hand upon Isaac in blessing he and his family, providing for their needs, protecting them, even to the point of, of opposing armies coming before them and saying, please, basically, please don't hurt me. Let's make a covenant and a promise that you please won't attack me because they are so intimidated by the hand of the Lord that is upon Isaac and his family and his sons. And we can see the birth of Esau and Jacob and the promises there of how the Lord will bless Jacob and how this is part of the Lord's plan. It wasn't something that wasn't um, that wasn't planned. It wasn't just because Esau made some bad decisions. You saw the Lord speak to Rebekah while these boys were still in the womb. And he said, the, young, the older will serve the younger. So this is part of his plan for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to all be part of the story and the covenant and the blessings of the land and of this nation, and of all of, of, of the seed multiplying throughout the earth to um, fulfill the promise 
of God. So I'm looking forward as we continue to study and we'll look at the life of Jacob as he grows and all of um, what the Lord does through him um, as we jump in next week. So today we're going to close out our time in prayer. Today we're praying for the country of Poland and we're going to pray for the families, our ministry partners there, as well as our children and our team here locally. So um, just definitely want to pray for our team here on the ground for all the hard work that they've done. Um, despite difficulties over the past few years, just pray that the Lord will sustain them. And and then for those children who are waiting, who have, um, you know, severe medical needs or larger sibling groups that may be hard to place, those are all things that we want to bring before the Lord today. So let's pray. God, we are thankful for the opportunity to serve and minister in the country of Poland. And God, today we pray for these families that are in process. Lord, we know we have a family there now finalizing their adoption. So God, we pray for them and the logistics on the ground. God, we also pray for um, a family that is waiting for their official referral. Um, God, and we just pray for more families to to come into this process to adopt these children from the country of, of Poland. God, we know there's such a need. So Lord, we pray that you stir in those hearts. And Lord, may we see successful processes happen. So for these two families currently, um, waiting for a referral and waiting to bring their child home. God, may you just sustain them and use our team to encourage them, Jesus. God, we pray for the ministry adoption center there. Um, Lord, we just pray for those relationships and we pray for clear communication and responses as things could easily get lost in translation. God, we pray for those courts and those judges and, and power of making those adoption decisions to be favorable for our families and the process that we are that we are guiding them through. And Lord, we also just pray for um, favor with the Catholic Adoption Center there. Um, just an understanding for our heart as we serve them and as we partner with Christian families. God, we also just pray for all these waiting children with medical special needs for the, in the country of Poland. Um, some of them are older. We have larger sibling groups. God, and we pray that you prepare families to um, bring them into their, their homes. God, we pray for them as they wait or keep those with medical special needs safe and secure and get the medical treatments that they need during this wait. For their forever family. So God, we are grateful and thankful for our team here and the work hourlessly that they put together to serve and advocate for these kids. And we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.